0: Hello, Maverick fans! Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I know it's a little uh, delayed response here, but things haven't kind of gone our way, and we're finally getting around to connecting and getting this content out there. John, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing better. Um, you know, after the last home series, well, at the last home series, somebody gave me uh, the COVID virus. I made it almost three years without getting it there were a couple times I almost got it from uh, Jason and uh, the Combs family but I avoided a bullet then but I did not avoid a bullet at the last home series so I finally ended up getting the plague and it was pretty bad as as you're well aware it, it lingered for a long time I've been congested stuffed up so finally this week I'm to the point where I can talk again without having to clear my throat or blow my nose, you know, every 10 to 15 minutes. So, uh, so thank you. And the best
0: news is that you got it on an off week. So it didn't ruin your streak.
1: Yeah, that's right. The hockey gods were very, very kind. We got it over with Uh, I should have antibodies for the rest of the season. So if this team does something exciting in the postseason, I should be ready to go, but I would just like to thank whoever it was. (laughs) <laughs> Who came to the game with cooties? They probably didn't know it, but uh, they ended up giving me that. So, yes, we got through it. It was perfect timing, the off week, but uh, but we did miss the dinner with the Mavs, which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. So I was disappointed to miss that, but we did not want to give the team COVID because the team uh, is doing very well right now. And uh, first up here, we're going to talk about the Western Michigan series. It was kind of an interesting series. Uh, UNO... Uh, on Friday nights, kind of ran into a buzzsaw, Jason. Uh, Western Michigan got up two goals early in that game. Ty Mueller got a goal about midway through, 945 into the first period. I thought maybe UNO would get something going, but uh, boy, Western Michigan put up four goals in that first period. And that was kind of lights out for UNO uh, that night. Uh, Simon Lakotzi came in in relief of uh, Jake Kaharski, not Jake's fault. That was a, that was a tough uh, first period for the team. They didn't do particularly well. What did you think just briefly of that Friday night game?
0: Yeah, they, what we needed was, was Mueller's goal. You know, you let those two quick in, we were struggling to get the puck out. Uh, really, to find any sort of consistency in transition. So when we went down two, you knew like that. That's one of those situations you always talk about. Like you have to have the next goal, uh, and we got the next goal. And so you are thinking, hey, you know, it's not the end of the world. We're down two one. We're okay. You know, back to work. Try to find a way to level it. But those two quick goals, kind of in that those latter stages of the the first period. And I just think you know this team was just they just didn't have. You know anything going. We've talked about it a ton. It's a young team. These types of things are going to happen. You learn from them, you make adjustments and you move on.
1: Absolutely right. UNO ends up losing the Friday game six to one. It's tough against uh, an offensive powerhouse like Western Michigan, one of the top offensive teams uh, in the NCAA this season. A lot of talented forwards on that team. That was a tough result. But uh, as you said, the team Went into Saturday, they made some adjustment. I think the coaching staff has been really good about shaking up lines this season when things don't work on Friday night. Uh, and Saturday's game was, uh, was much better. Uh, Simon Lacosi got the start uh, on Saturday night. Uh, It turned out to be a great, uh, great night for him. UNO ends up getting the shutout and UNO ends up scoring two goals in that game. Both of those goals in the second period, in the first half of the second period, Uh, Johnny Tyconic got the scoring started for UNO and uh, Cameron Berg at 731 uh, into the second period ends up uh, getting the second goal and UNO holds on two to nothing, which was, Very much a reversal of fortunes from that Friday night game. Great to see UNO rebound. What did you think of the team's performance on Saturday night, Jason? What did you think of uh, Lakota's shutout? What did you think of their performance?
0: He played good. You know that wasn't that wasn't a gifted shutout where the team comes out and just dominates and you're you know you don't see very many shots. You don't have to do a whole lot of work. Uh, He had some some really good saves. He deserves a lot of credit. Uh Not just in that game, but you know really, for the last you know month and a half, we've seen dominant performances by him, not just solid and and that's the a big thing for for this team and and what they are and what they need uh you know, I think it's a big statement to come back and get that win on Saturday and not be i remember uh Last year, when Tampa Bay won the, the Stanley Cup, uh, they mentioned, like, how much that the not losing back to back games affects an NHL team going through an 82 game season, you know, and I think for college hockey, it's the same way. Like, if you can find a way not to lose consecutive games, uh, it's amazing how, you know, how much difference that makes for your, your season, you know, and so to see them bounce back, I think is huge. And that power play is big, you know, both those goals coming on the power play. We know that this team has capitalized on those, uh, you know, they shifted Weiss around on that power play and it really made a difference. It opened up some lanes for him. Uh, and that's where he gets his two assists is, is finding, finding the open guy in the zone when he's on that power play. That's what you need from him as a a fifth year player. Uh, and so there was a lot that went right for us on Saturday. Uh, and so it was, it was a good result.
1: Absolutely right. It's nice that the, uh, coaching staff has the kind of depth that they can shake things up. It was nice, for example, to see Ludke get into the game on Saturday night and get some playing time. So it's nice that they have options. And like I said, it's worked well for them this season. Uh, So UNO is in a pretty good position in the uh, NCHC standings. Obviously, this last weekend, as we're recording this, Jason, they had a bye weekend. UNO currently sits fourth place in the NCHC with 30 points. St. Cloud and Western Michigan are uh, in... Second and third place with 33 points. They're tied uh, in the conference. And Denver, of course, is in first place with 35 points. So it's a close race in that top half of the conference. And then right behind us in fifth place is Minnesota Duluth with 23 points. North Dakota with 21. Colorado College is down there in seventh with 20. Uh, they're going to be our opponents uh, coming up this week. And then Miami is in last place. What do you think about UNO's position in the conference at this point? Fans have been doing what fans do. They've been starting to calculate the numbers. I, you know, in the words of Admiral Akbar in Return of the Jedi, "It's a trap. Don't get caught into this trap, UNO fans." Because we've we've done this before with pair rise rankings and and whatnot, where we say they just need to do this, and then they'll get in the NCAA tournament, or they just need to do this, and they'll get home ice. I'm worried about doing that at this point with so much left to play, but what do you think about UNO's position being in fourth place at this point, Jason?
0: I think it's important not just to point out where they are, but the game's in hand, right? So you have to remember that Western, St. Cloud, and Duluth have all played two more games than Omaha right now. And so it's not just that you know we're seven points ahead of Duluth and we're three points behind Western Michigan and St. Cloud, but they've got off weeks where we're going to be playing. And so just simply taking care of business, we're back to what we talked about at the beginning of the season, beat the teams you're supposed to beat and you'll have the success you're looking for. That's, that's where they are right now. You've got North Dakota, Miami and Cairo college, the bottom three teams in the conference right now on your schedule to finish out this season and the team directly ahead of you is the other series that you have. So you're really not looking at having to do a lot. you just have to take care of business. The math that I've done, if you look at historically, how many points they've had in that fourth place spot, the gap between fourth and seventh is the big key to see like how how grouped they are versus spread out. you know when they're more spread out, usually you need more points to kind of secure that that top four spot. Uh, And even then you're looking at 41, 42 points in, in those uh, in those years where those, those high marks uh, for that fourth place spot. So this is a team that really with, with three wins, with three wins, you're kind of eking it. You're, you're in a a stress position to see whether or not we can hold on to fourth place with three wins. I think four wins is where we're comfortable saying that we'll, we'll be in the fourth spot if we can find a way to win four. So, you know, you just, you just got to go out. I've talked to a couple of the players and stuff about like, you, you know what you need to do. You just need to go out and do it. And you know, you're capable of doing it. You know, you know, you're capable of beating Miami. You know, you're capable of beating Colorado College. You've done it in the past. You had a terrible outing when you went to Colorado College and you didn't have very good puck, you know, so don't rely on it. Like just go out and be a dominant force and you guys will be fine.
1: Absolutely right. They need to take care of business. And all of these teams coming up are teams that they can beat. You know, St. Cloud, as you mentioned, ahead in the standings by three points. But uh, I watched that series that they had this last weekend uh, against Miami and the Red Hawks uh, went into St. Cloud and gave uh, the Huskies all that they could handle. Both of those games going to a shootout the Friday night game being the longest shootout in NCHC history, it was brutal. Jason, I did not think either of those teams wanted to get a shootout goal during that uh, during that extra period. So we've got a great opportunity, but we've got to play smart. Uh, things things become very interesting down the stretch here in February and March. So, uh, so like you said, the guys have got to go out and they've got to play with purpose and uh, they've got to be relentless. And they've got to be resilient, uh, and I think they'll do well. So uh, we've got to talk about our players of the weekend. I know it's been a little while since this uh, series uh, against Western Michigan happened, but who do you like, Jason? It was a, it was a, it was a very limited options I think for this series. But who did you like uh, as your player of the week? Uh, Are you sure you want to
0: give me the first go of it? You didn't like it so much last week.
1: Oh my gosh. I, well, I give you the first go every single time we do it just because I just start talking and that's the way it comes out. So let's <laughs> give it to, let's give it to Jason. Cause uh, I'm just serving up uh softballs here for you, Jason. Who did you like in the series? <laughs> I have a feeling who you're going to pick. So let's. let's I, I'm trying to debate. Do I, do I leave them for you to pick just to be nice
0: or I think I will. I think I'll be nice and leave him for you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my my nod to I'm gonna give my nod to Tyconic. And we haven't seen him play to the level that I think we saw him play last year. And he's just one of those guys that you you all season I've expected more from. I think everyone pretty much had a bad night Friday, so I'm just trying to ignore everything that happened on Friday. But Saturday, I really felt his presence particularly on that power play you know, between him and Weiss, that, that power play was, I think a large part due to their play. And so having to, I mean, pick one of the two, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Tyconic, just hoping that it's not the last chance I get to, to pick him. And you better pick the one I'm thinking you need to pick because if you don't, (laughs) I'm going to be so pissed.
1: Good performance by Johnny Tyconic. Uh, Uh, He is such a key part of the blue line on this team, and uh, we need our veterans to perform here down the stretch. So, yeah, he was great on the power play on both of those goals, Uh, scored one goal on Saturday night uh, against Western Michigan. The player I was thinking about picking because I I thought you were going to pick the obvious pick. Uh, I was going to pick Cam Berg. Uh, who had a goal and an assist uh, during the Saturday night game and has seven goals and seven assists on the season. Uh, so good performances by uh, by both of those players offensively, but we got to go with the freshman goaltender uh, Simon Lacozzi. Um, You know he's been splitting time with Jake Kaharski this season. I think I think that rotation has worked really well. Uh, Throughout this season, it was a great way to get a freshman goaltender uh, acclimated to the college game and certainly acclimated to the NCHC game. Uh, He's had a terrific, uh, terrific season overall and really a terrific January uh, uh, for UNO to start the start hockey for this uh, 2023 calendar year. He has a 1.82 goals against average. Uh, you know, just looking over his stats here, it's been it's been an impressive run for the freshman goaltender, and obviously he hasn't had the pressure of carrying the load on Friday and Saturday nights, so that makes a difference. Uh, he's gotten lots of accolades this last week. Uh, he was nchc co-goalie of the week uh, for his performance in that western michigan series he shared it with uh, north dakota's uh, drew de he's nchc goaltender of the month for january he's the hockey commissioners association national goaltender of the month for january and there have been a lot of fans online on the mad puck message board on twitter on facebook who think that Simon should get the start both nights. Jason, what do you think? Do you stick with the rotation because it's been successful for UNO, or do you give a nod to Simon on Friday night to shake things up here uh, coming up uh, in this Colorado College series?
0: I mean, I can give you my opinion, but it's not like it's a – I'm not going to be upset if someone you know makes a different decision or something like – Right. There's a lot of reasons to do different things, you know, there I can understand, you know, people making the the pitch to go with the hot hand or the you know, the hot glove in this case or something. I'm one to kind of trend more towards if it's working, don't don't mess with it. Um don't fix what's not broken kind of uh situation and stuff. And if you look at Simon's history, he's He's not—he's not a guy that's come in with this stellar background, you know. He's not a high draft pick, Uh, you know. In Europe, when he was playing back there, you're talking about a kid that's, you know, in the high eight hundreds for save percentage, you know. And when he was at UC, when he's in the USHL, I think he had one year where his GAA was over four, you know. So like, you got to think that. He's playing well. He's kind of worked it out in in juniors and stuff. But I just don't know that he's ready for the grind of back-to-backs. And if I'm not going to play him back-to-back, then I'm going to keep him on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. Look, Jake Kuharski has performed very, very well for UNO this season, transferring from American International. And like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like that philosophy. I think these were two good picks for this Western Michigan series. But speaking of players, Jason, on February 2nd was the second dinner with the Mavs of the season. Bridget and I had to miss it. You got to take uh, your father-in-law. You got to take Maddie. I'm glad that they got to go and experience the dinner with the Mavs uh, using our tickets for the event. Who'd you get to sit by, Jason? And what did you think? Of the dinner.
0: Oh, you're going to stress me over. Who was at the table?
1: I will tell you, Jason sat by a defenseman Kirby Proctor. Defense- I knew that. I
0: sat right next to Proctor. That was the one I was like, I sat next to Proctor. And Mancina was across the table from me. And I'm trying to remember who was in between them.
1: Bridget's favorite player. Does that help? does that not going to help you, is it? No. Davis, Davis Pennington. A trio... Pennington. Okay. Thank three, you. Yeah, a trio of defensemen there. Uh, how were they? They were good.
0: You know, like have we ever met a bad player? Like that's, I mean, at least as long as I've been here, that's that's one of the things I love about college hockey. Is is, I mean, even some of the like I go back in my history and think of like some of the the least personable players I've met. They're still pretty good guys. Like they may not be social or something, but they're still pretty good. And these guys were great. Like it was, it was a lot of fun to sit down and, and talk to them. And, you know, you, when we go to the dinners and stuff with you, like we always talk like we don't want this to be talk and shop, right. This isn't a, a, a time to grill them on a lot of the, you know, ins and outs of the, of the team and stuff. Like I really like to have the conversations about, you know, what school's like and how are you handling the work life balance kinds of questions and stuff. And like, what are you into outside of there? And, um, you know, Maddie was really interested in sign ideas. So she was trying to figure out, you know, what could we do uh, for signs for the guys and stuff. And so finding out nicknames and what things were like when they were juniors and, and those types of things. And so it was, it was really good to hear them talk about how well the guys have come together and you know, the, the challenges that we saw early on that they experienced early on about just not really, you know, having a young team, not really knowing who's going to be where and, you know, a lot of that passing issues that we had in the first half of the season, uh, they attributed to just, just being new and, and learning guys' style and play and speed and all that. And, And so it was, it was a really good conversation to have with them about, you know, what they thought about where they were and their their odds, you know, of, of making home ice and things like that. So I appreciate their time, all of them that were there.
1: That sounds great. I'm so jealous that you guys got to go and do that. Cause I love to be able to interact with the guys because a lot of times yeah. we've talked about before, you know, as spectators sitting in the stands at Baxter arena, sometimes the guys become, you know, their uniform, they become their number, they become a chess piece out there on the ice and so it's nice to get to know them a little bit better. So I'm glad you guys got to go. It looked like the food was good, Jason. Am I correct? The food looked good. Yeah, it's good. It's it's good. You it's know. never like
0: great. Like it's it's good. It's it's not bad. It's just it's it's, it's, it's just
1: good. True. It's. Yeah, it's, it's sports bar food. Obviously yeah. this held at, uh, this event is held, uh, this season anyway, this event has been held at Legends sports bar near uh, 72nd and Pacific. Uh, it's nice of them to host it. I know that they've sponsored uh, other things that the blue line club has done, uh, in addition to the dinner with the Mavs. So, uh, so yeah, sounded like a great event. I'm glad you guys got to go. I know you missed it in the first half of the season, uh, Jason, so I'm glad you got to go this time uh, and got to interact with uh, three of our uh, good, solid defensemen because uh, they all three sound like great guys. So uh, I'm glad uh, you got to interact with them. Uh, coming up. This weekend for the Colorado College Series, uh, the February 10th game, there will be uh, the Military Appreciation Nights festivities going on uh, for that game. Uh, The game sponsor is Woodman Life, uh, who's one of the big. Uh, life insurance providers uh, here in Omaha, and they have their name on what for many years was the tallest skyscraper in downtown Omaha. It is no longer the tallest skyscraper, but uh, there will be some interesting festivities going on. Certainly, we will be talking about those on next week's episode of the MAB Podcast, CAST. But one of the interesting things, a topic that Jason and I love to talk about, are special occasion jerseys. And this year, There will be a military jersey that the team will be wearing for military appreciation night. And because we recorded this podcast later than normal, UNO put the auction up. So the auction is live online from today, which is February 7th at 5 p.m. to Sunday, February 12th at 9 p.m. So the jersey auction will be going on. Uh, For a while here, it's uh, taking place on the OMAV's website, which is new. What do you think of the jersey that they are doing for military appreciation night? They've done military appreciation jerseys in the past. I remember several years ago, there was one that was really cool. It was red, white, black, and gray camouflage uh, with the Omaha logo back then. This one looks like... I happened to, just for comparison's sake, before the podcast, as you're well aware, I happened to Google search camo hockey jerseys. And the first thing that came up was one that's being sold on the NHL shop for all of the teams, which is uh, referred to as an Adidas official practice camo jersey for the teams. And the one that UNO uh, is wearing is also by Adidas, who is our team's apparel supplier. And the jersey design is the same what do you think of the jersey? It's kind of a tan color with camo on the sleeves and camo at the bottom uh, of the torso part of the jersey. What do you think of these jerseys, Jason? If you're watching on YouTube, I'm showing pictures of the Military Night Appreciation jersey. Will you bid on one of these jerseys? What are your thoughts?
0: I don't know. We might. I might bid on, bid on a certain couple, but. I'm not, you know, the military stuff, like I guess I'm just not a camo guy. Like it just doesn't to be honest with you, my favorites of the NHL ones are always the hockey fights, cancer ones. So I have a I have a soft spot for those ones usually. Uh but like it's it's good. I can see why people would like it. I can also see reasons why you wouldn't like it. And so it'll be interesting to see um to see how many bids they get and how much this goes i I, looks like every one of them starts at a minimum of two hundred dollars uh ten dollar bidding increments uh i'm really interested to see because i can't remember them doing this online before to see how the the bidding war happens you know I, i remember the days of ebay and getting into bidding wars on ebay and stuff so um it'll be it'll be curious to see how that uh flames out
1: yeah it's interesting now the blue line club has auctioned some jerseys over the course of the last few years online um they use a third party thing this was interesting because it looks like uh, sidearm sports is powering this so this is the first time they've done this you know integrated within the omavs, uh, com website so that will be very interesting to see how this uh, affects the bids compared to the um the uh, uh leap for a cure jersey auctions that the leap for a cure organization has done in the past where those jerseys were auctioned at baxter arena during the game and by the uh, beginning of the third period those jerseys had been distributed so this is going to last several days so it'll be interesting to see what the bids get up to as you said they start with a 200 hundred dollar minimum and it's you bid in increments of ten dollars it'll be interesting to see uh see what happens the team will be wearing them uh february 10th for the entire game a lot of times they'll just wear these special jerseys during warm-ups but this year they'll be wearing them the whole game so fans will get a good look at them i will say this i like the idea of a camo jersey Uh, I don't own any uh, special camo jerseys. I did not get any of those past jerseys for UNO. I'm the type of guy that I like the special camo jerseys that you see professional and junior teams wear that are like fully camo, that are that digital camo print that's uh that our military branches wear here so uh so not as much camo as i would like but i think it's a good looking jersey i'm glad that they're doing special occasion jerseys you and i've talked about uh how much we like that so it'll be interesting to see how this goes over so that's something to keep an eye on this weekend there'll be other festivities for military appreciation night so uh keep an eye out on uh on friday nights uh during the game against colorado college to see how that goes But speaking of Colorado College, we've got to talk about this upcoming series, a critical series really at this juncture for UNO. They're all critical here the rest of the way, uh, looking at our last four series. But this is a big one because, as you mentioned, uh, back in December, UNO got swept by Colorado College out in Colorado Springs. Um, That was a series that we thought UNO would have more success in. There are all kinds of interesting hockey fan conspiracy theories. Some people believe that former UNO assistant, Peter Menino, who's an assistant for CC, uh, has our number. He knows how to put together a strategy against us. Some people attribute that to why we struggled, uh, during the years he was, uh, coaching uh, out at Miami with uh, Enrico Blasi. So I'm curious to see how you think this series will go. There's a couple of players to keep an eye on, certainly uh forward Hunter McCown, uh, their leading scorer with 15 goals, five assists on the season. Uh, he had a great penalty shot uh, during their game uh, on Saturday night. Uh, it should be one of the NCHC plays of the week, because it was absolutely beautiful. The goal he put in On Magnus Crona, Um, defenseman Brian Yoon, it seems like the guy's been there forever. I remember uh, really enjoying his play at the NCHC Frozen Faceoff when Bridget and I went up there uh, in 2019 and Colorado College appeared. And then certainly former MAV Noah Prokop is a player I always keep my eye on. Uh, He's had a really successful season for Colorado College this season. So it'll be an interesting series. What do you think about this series, Jason? How do you think UNO is going to do?
0: I, you know, I expect that being home will make a big difference. Uh, you know, Cairo College is really trying to define themselves as a a home ice team. And so we just ran into, we ran into them playing the way that they played. And, and honestly, like I, I just think things didn't really bounce our way in that uh, series. So hopefully, you know, that, regresses to the norm and we get some puck luck in this one uh you know like you said you've got to watch out for hunter he's definitely a key to their performance nine in and nine out uh but also tyler coffee that's another kid that he can shoot the puck uh he's got really good like tight speed you know i don't i don't really see him as like the breakaway you know kind of Full ice push kind of player, but he'll get away from you in a hurry, and he's got a nose for putting that puck on the net. So we got to keep kind of keep tabs on those two. Uh, I think if we can, if we can limit their top performers to not a lot of opportunities, uh, I like our chances with our goaltender. You know, I like the way that uh, Lakosi's playing. I, you know, Karski, both of them have been been solid. So, however. The coaching staff decides to lay out the goaltending for the weekend. Um, I feel pretty confident in, in our abilities there. We say it a lot. It's going to come down to special teams. Like, don't get into penalty trouble with them. Don't give them extra opportunities. You know, force them to earn it. If they want to beat us, if they've got to beat us five on five, just flat out. Dare them to beat us five on five. You know, and dare them to say like, you want to take a, a late penalty or something. Their penalty kill isn't great. So let's, you know, let's make it hurt. Every penalty they take, you know, lots of opportunities, get the buck to the net, you know, make them feel it. Even if we're not successful, just make them think twice about getting into those kinds of, of areas and we'll find it open up space for us. So um, I like our chances. I'm going to predict a sweep. I think we bounce back. I think we know talking to the guys at the dinner and stuff, they know what's at stake. They know where they are. They know that they've put in the work. Uh, and if they don't close it out, then it's going to be all for nothing. Uh, and so I really feel like, you know, they're ready to take that step. Uh, and this will be the statement series for saying, you know, we're forced to reckon with this year in the NCHC.
1: Colorado College has gone two and six since sweeping us back in December but don't let that draw you into complacency. They played good teams. They played St. Cloud State. They played Western Michigan. They played Denver. Those are top teams in this conference. As you mentioned, we have to play smart. Don't take stupid penalties. Don't give them the man advantage. While we might be good on the power play, we are not that great on the penalty kill. So we've got to play smart hockey and we've got to be resilient. And we've got to understand that it's not always going to be pretty and we're not going to always have beautiful goals. Sometimes it's going to be ugly. And sometimes you just have to grind your way through those games. And so like you, I'm going to pick a sweep on this weekend. I think we should sweep this weekend and uh, I, it's critical series. It's critical at this juncture. And as you mentioned before, it's beating the teams we should be able to beat down the stretch. That's going to make all the difference in the conference race the pairwise rankings, et cetera. All of that will take care of itself if you take care of business against the teams you should be successful with. So I'm excited to see what happens this weekend at Baxter Arena. I hope all of you will come out uh, February 10th and 11th. Both games start at 7.07 p.m. If you can't make the games, those games will be on NCHC TV. And in the meantime, be sure to follow Mavpuck on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We haven't done a lot with Instagram, but uh, we're trying to build up our followers. I'll try to do more with that uh, as this season and next season uh, progress. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. It makes such a huge difference when you subscribe and when you like our videos. It helps the algorithm with those. It helps keep Jason and I going because it's easy to get off track and it's easy to let things slide. So, uh, So we appreciate that kind of support. But until next time, Jason, go Mavs.
0: Go Mavs.